bless you, my Lord. I bless you. Holy, holy, holy God. Great and mighty King. Wonderful, holy Savior. He is so mighty. So great and so holy. My God. If you have a Bible tonight, I'm going to turn your attention to the gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 22. You know, we often tell people that, obviously, Paul said about to bear with him, for he was jealous with a godly jealousy. And we've said that there is a pride that is legal because it's self-respect. That's okay. Obviously, though, the Scripture teaches there's also a pride that is linked with arrogance, which is not okay. And... uh so I have to tell you that there is um, there's cheaters that are legal. <laughs> so I have legal cheaters tonight. My goodness, all the kids I've taught not to cheat in the games, but that's illegal cheating. This is legal cheating. I, I saw an alumni of ours, a young man that uh, now is not so young. Uh, he's, I want to say, around 50, 52. Not so old, but he's just not so young. And um, he told me that uh, he graduated in the first graduating class here, which was back in 1984. Some of you weren't born yet. And um, I, I, didn't, I didn't remember him being in the first class. I thought he was in the second class. And he said, no, so I was in the first class. So I went home and checked with the church historian, seeing Sis Feld. And uh, she said, no, he was in the first class, 1984. I said, okay, all right. I said, I, for some reason, I got that mixed up. So I saw him the next day, and I told him, hey, I, I, you were right. I checked the scene, and she said, you were right. And so I said, um, we were, uh, he sat down at his table with his wife, and I was sitting with a couple of the guys, and, and um, all of a sudden I saw him reach in his pocket and get out his cheaters. So I, not to be outdone, I said, hey. He looked up, and I went, and I said, no, no. <laughs> and he got a big kick out of that. So I guess we had the duel of the cheaters. <laughs> I'm in Luke 22, and I would like to turn your attention tonight to verse 31. And you can put your name here. And the Lord said, everybody say your name with me as I read his name. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I want you to have a faith that doesn't fail. Faith that doesn't fail. We have read in the Bible, you may be seated, we have read in the Bible about, uh, I mean, you only stood the whole service, so I better let you sit down. Trouble is, I let you sit down when I preach and you fall asleep on me, right? Don't do that. Don't relax too much. But give those leg muscles a little breather right now. That'll be okay. And uh, <clears throat> the Scripture teaches us very plainly that there was a man 
by the name of Job. And uh, there was also a day when the sons of, of thunder, the, thun, the sons of lightning, the sons, the stars, the sons of God, that they came together and presented themselves before the Lord. Now, God is a spirit, and uh, Satan, the Bible said also, he showed up. He showed up. You know, he just wants to, he left us, but he wants to be among us. That reminds me of an awful lot of people. They leave, but they, they want to know what we're doing. They want to come, they want to ask questions, and they want to, you know, get on Instagram or Twitter or something, and they want to, you know, inquire, and they want to get something going, some kind of dialogue going, so they can elicit information. They're, they're fishers, fisher. They like to fish, you know, but it's, they're not throwing the line out to catch fish. They're trying to get information. They're fishing for information. And they're, uh, they're, they're part of AT&T, you know, 411. They're looking for that information. Somehow they always want to know it's Satan. Satan had to show up that day. And I'm quite sure that when he showed up with, and all the other great angels of God were there with the Lord and Satan came in among them, I'm quite sure some of them went, You stink, Satan. You smell bad. Yeah. They actually said in the United Nations that one uh, guy from a, a country that um, doesn't believe in freedoms and things of that nature, and, and he, uh, he had, uh, was being called to the podium to say something at the United Nations in New York City, and that the speaker just before him had actually been the president of the United States. And that when this man got to the podium, he said, he said man, I, I smell brimstone, hellfire, brimstone. He was trying to say that the president of the United States was Satan himself. That's what he was trying to say. Well, there was no mistaking that day when they came before the Lord because it, the Bible said Satan came among them. He did come. Fallen son of God. He turned back. He turned aside. He left. And he, he shows up and he, the Lord said, Hey, where you been? He said, Well, I've been going to and fro. The earth. He said, well, you've been going to and fro. He said, have you considered my servant Job? And boy, that got Satan's hackles up right then. And he said, ah. He said, the only reason he's serving you is because you blessed him so much. You know, you've just made everything. So great in his life. He said, but you step aside, you move your hand a little bit, and he said, I get done with him with him, he'll he'll curse you to your face. The Lord said, Have at it. Go ahead. Go ahead. He said, But 
you don't you don't touch him. So of course you read that in Job uh, chapter one verses six through twelve pretty much you read how that the enemy Satan caused those to come upon Job's materialistic things and and uh, begin to wipe things out even beyond materialistic he actually wiped out his family and um, every once in a while a servant would escape and report what took place and Job was understandably somewhat taken back and uh, so Satan shows up again on a day when the Lord and the angels are there and the Lord asks him the same thing. You considered my servant Job? He's still standing. You took this and you took that and you caused this and you caused that. He said, but he's still standing. He's still worshiping. He's still praising. He's still living for me. He's still keeping the commandments. Even though all these things have befallen him. And so Satan, of course, reared back and he said, well, he said, yeah, but he said, you know what? He said, you let me, you let me touch him. He said, skin for skin. You let me touch him. He said, he'll curse you. He'll renounce you to your face. And you see, that's what Satan wants. He wants you to fail. So he can mock God and he can laugh in God's face and he can make fun and he can say that there's nothing to this church. There's nothing to this Holy Ghost. There's nothing to this blood of Jesus Christ. He just wants to mock it all. He wants you to fail. Now remember, you put your name there. He wants you to fail. And so the Lord said, all right. He said, you go ahead and afflict him. He said, save his life, except for his life. And so Satan came whistling into to Job's life once again, and this time he smote him with a terrible and painful disease from the foot. It, it didn't even say feet. It said from the foot all the way to the top of his head with horrible boils. I don't quite understand the remedy of Job's time. But he took one of his wives, maybe, one of his wives' plates, and he broke it on the ground. He picked up a piece of it, a shard of it, and he began to scrape himself. He began to scrape those bloody boils. And uh, he was in satin ashes. And uh, his wife, his wife came around, and she said, Still, still, you maintain your faith and your integrity. Why don't you just curse God, give it up, and die? And Job said, you speak like a foolish woman. You speak so foolishly. Now, here's a guy dripping in bloody boils. He's in excruciating pain, so much so that three or four of his friends show up and for the first couple of hours, they didn't even talk to him. He was in so much pain. They just sat down around him and stared at him. Now, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I want to be in excruciating pain and have Marvin come just sitting there looking at me. 
I don't think that's my idea of comfort. Not at all. I don't think so. That's what they did. And Job said, look, I came into this world with nothing. And he said, and I'll, I'm going to go out with nothing. And he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And you know, Satan's going to, he's going to show up in your life. You hear me? He's going to show up in your life. He's going to desire you. He's going to, He's going to keep going before God saying, I want this one, and I want that one, and I want this one, and I want that one. And he's saying, let me have my way. And they'll curse you. They'll backslide. They'll go back. They'll quit. They'll renounce you. And the Lord said to Peter, I prayed for thee. I prayed for you. Here's a man. I said a man with a cross on his back, a back that has been beaten and lacerated and bloody, 361 stripes till the skin is flayed off of him and the bones are showing and the organs are protruding. And he's trying to carry this cross uphill. Uphill. I don't know if you've ever had a stress test. I have, but not the kind Dr. Vinegar Paul gives you. But what he does is, from what I understand, he'll put you on a treadmill. That's how come I don't go see Dr. Vinegar Paul right there. <laughs> oh, brother. And they, I had somebody tell me, said they, and the person that told me was in their 70s at that time, maybe almost 80, and said he uh, turned treadmill on and the person's you know, doing a thing. And he's watching whatever, meters or whatever. And uh, But then he does that sneaky little thing, so he presses that little button, and all of a sudden that treadmill starts going like that. And pretty soon you're running uphill. That's a whole lot more difficult to run in what's called an incline than in the plane. Harder to run up the mountain than to run in the straight little nice road in front of you. And so he he put that thing on the incline, that person just kept tugging along, almost 80 years old. And uh, the doctor said, uh, okay, we can, you can stop now. The individual told me, he said, I just kept going. And I'm going, yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. Good for you. <laughs> Glad I wasn't accompanying you on that trip that day. Oh, brother, Job was still standing. Job was still standing. Job was still maintaining his faith and his integrity, regardless of criticisms, regardless of people that didn't understand that surely you must have done something wrong, Job. And God told Satan, though you causest me to move against him when there was no reason, but God put Job to the test. And Job said, when he's done testing me, he said, I'm going to come forth a vessel for the finery. I'm going to come forth pure gold. So it's all going to be good. 
It's all going to be good. It's all good. You know, you got to be able to say it's all good when you're bloody and when you you got boils and <laughs> and you got people staring at you. You know, all wall-eyed. And, uh, and, and you've got to hold your head up. You've got to square your shoulders when the critics show up, when the people that misunderstand everything show up. You've got to remember that Jesus said, I prayed for you. I prayed for you. He said, I prayed that your faith wouldn't fail. I prayed that you would be strong in faith, like Abraham, that you would give glory to God under difficult circumstances. You know, it's, it really is fairly easy to live for God when, shall we say, the sun is shining and it's a beautiful day and there's not a storm cloud in sight and, and you know, everything's cool, everything's good, and you're feeling great, you know. Not too difficult. Not too difficult. But we've got to learn how to operate under adverse conditions too because we're living in this world and there's a Satan going to and fro. The Bible said he's, an, he's your adversary. He's your enemy. Okay? He's not your friend. You hear me? God is your friend. And you are the friend of God. And so we say, choose your friends wisely. God is your friend. God's going to be there through thick and thin. He's not a fair-weather God. He's not a fair-weather friend. Okay? If the, if the ship going through a storm, he's not like the rest. He's not like the rats and the cockroaches that are going overboard. Yes, sir. Well, they woke him up during the days of his flesh, and they said, Master, how can you sleep through a hurricane? Well, you see, I took a, two NyQuil, and uh, no. <laughs> they woke him up. Don't you care that we perish? And you know, I love the way he does things because he, he just, you know, I could just see him just waking up. <sighs> stop! Everything stopped. Everything stopped. The winds calmed down. The waves went down. They used the bilge pump to get rid of all the water that had gone over the side, and they threatened to capsize them and sink them. And then they all... You know, because he he had power to where the winds and the, the seas and the elements obeyed him. You know, there are things that you and I, if we don't go through anything, we're never going to get to experience. We're never going to get to see it. And if you, how did it say, faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Well, faith also comes by you going through the storms and through the times of heaviness. Hear me now. It builds your faith muscles. And now abideth faith. That's what the book said. I want abiding faith. I want faith that's there. God wants faith that's going to be there. And he said, I'm praying that your faith fail not. You can remain standing, and let me tell you, in conclusion, that, and I could read it to you, but I won't take the time right now because you're standing. But 
Peter, the Lord, in telling Peter different things at different times, Marvin, he said, Peter said, I'll, I'll never, I'll never deny you. I will, I will, I'll die and go to prison. And they all said the same thing. That was the day that the parrot club was meeting. All the parrots were saying the same thing. They had a little choir going, we will never deny you. We will never deny you. <laughs> and the Lord looked at Peter and he said, this day, this night, that's what's said in your Bible, same verse. He said, you're going to deny me three times. Before the rooster lets it rip, you're going to deny me three times. And boy, he spoke vehemently, Peter did. He, he just, wow, he just got out of line. And sure enough, sure enough, sure enough. It happened just like the Lord said. And when it did, the Lord was looking right at him. And the Bible said Peter saw the Lord look at him. And then he went out and wept bitterly. But the Lord said, I prayed for you. That when you're converted, when you make a little adjustment here, you know, don't be thinking you're all that. Be careful. Be humble. The Lord said, when thou art converted, when you turn back, when you turn back, when you get converted, he said, then you'll be able to help others. And you'll be able to help them be strengthened and be settled and to grow by your example, by your words, by your life. Oh, yeah. You know, when uh, it was really cool, you ought to read the book of Job if you haven't. And I think most of you probably have. But it's really cool when you get to the back of the book. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Job had spent some time in there bewailing his, his situation. And he, it was so heavy and so bad that he just, he didn't charge God foolishly, but he just, you know, he kind of wanted to talk a little bit and get it out. <laughs> so he got it out in many chapters. And those guys weren't helping. They were arguing with him, and he's going right back at them. And uh, But then the Lord showed up. And the Lord said, he said, who is this that darkeneth counsel with words without wisdom? Job said, that's what he said. He, said, he said, I opened my mouth once. He said, I spoke twice. He said, I'm not saying another thing. Zip, lock, it's over. Got no more to say, God. Sorry. And boy, the Lord answered him out of the world when the Lord dealt with him. But when the Lord got done, then he turned his guns on those miserable comforters. And he said, you better get back to Job. You better ask him to pray for you. My servant Job needs to pray for you. Oh, yeah. What a great God we serve who said in the days of his flesh, I prayed for you because I know Satan wants you. 
He keeps asking about you. He keeps accusing you. He's sifting through your life, and he wants to sift your life. That means he wants to separate you. He wants to separate you. He wants to cut you off from every good thing. He doesn't want you to fellowship in the church. He doesn't want you to be with church family. He doesn't want you to be in service. He doesn't want you to be in the things that the church is doing. He wants you to get away from that. He wants to separate you from that. But the Lord said, I prayed for you that your faith won't fail. That's your belief system. I've told you before, when people get AIDS, what happens is it, it attacks and destroys their immune system. And their immune system breaks down. And there's nothing to fight off the bacteria and the germs. Okay? And I'm saying to you that the enemy spiritually wants to destroy your belief system. He wants to destroy your faith. You keep that faith intact. You know what's right. You have faith in that. You, you put your confidence and your trust in God. I've told my wife over and over, I get sick, throw me in the bed. Get everybody to pray. I said, please, sorry, but don't send me to the hospital. Don't put me in their hands. I, I don't, I don't want to be in their hands. I don't want that. I'd rather be in the hands of God. Well, what if you die? Far better to part, be with him, you know. But how nice it is when you lose 80 pounds and then the Lord heals you. Hello. So nice. Such a great feeling. Such a wonderful, glorious, marvelous. Look what the Lord has done. Woo! But if you didn't ever get sick, you couldn't never get healed now, could you? And if it never was a storm, then you never would really appreciate when the sun breaks through and the clouds are gone and the Sky is bright blue. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. What a great God we serve. So let's have that faith that stays with us, that sticks to the, they used to say, you know, have some oatmeal or something or peanut butter and it sticks to your ribs. Well, get some of this faith that sticks to you. Somebody use that word tonight, stickability. I like that word. We want to have stickability. You ever read in the Bible about the guy that, they, had, they couldn't get his hand away out of the, off the, the sword handle because it claved to it. That great word of God that you're just got it. You got a grip on it. You're not going to let go. You're in the church and that's it. Amen. I'm living for God. I'm going to heaven. Amen. No matter what you're offering. Some poor little confused and very mixed up unbelieving person told one of our young ladies, says, why don't you come over to our school? Said, we we have some really good programs. And somebody said, they can't even read. What kind of good programs do they have? They can't even read. You know? Like the they asked the, the person on the witness stand, the young lady. And her answer to the lawyer in front of a national audience was. They ain't nothing but retarded. Excuse me? And he asked her the question, they ain't nothing but retarded. Said, well, listen, could, could, could you read this for us here in court? I don't read cursive. I don't know how. But we're having a good time over there. We're having a good time. Having a great time over there. Yeah, you're having a great time. We know you're having a great time. You're having a great big sinful time. You know, 
and you're sick and you're diseased and your lives are destroyed and you need what I've got. You need this faith that fails not. You need to be in the church. You need to get an experience with God. You need to get on a straight and a narrow that's going to heaven. You need to have a future that's worth living for. Amen. Give him a big hand. Come on. Yeah. Come on. He's prayed for you that your faith fail not. Come on. You're not going to fail. him for the wonderful works that he has done and that he's doing and that he's about to do. I often think of an old brother that he, uh, he got cancer and it was, uh, I'd call it a leprosy-like cancer because it was eating his nose away and up into his eyes. And he continued to pray and trust God and, and uh, he finally moved into a room in the church and if you went to see him, you had to be very careful because if you opened the door too quickly, the, the wind would send him into excruciating pain uh, going into his face. It was being eaten away. And people would see him and visit and pray for him and move on. And, and, uh, but you know, the day came after many, many, many weeks that the Lord healed him. And not only did God, I mean, when I say God healed him, I'm talking about he restored. That he had never known that he ever had cancer, a flesh-eating cancer. God healed it all completely. 
What a marvelous God we serve. What a marvelous God we serve. Amen. Yes, sir. I remember my pastor got kidney stones. I remember we all prayed. And I, he told me, he said, man, I was rolling in pain. Rolling. And he said, I prayed to die. But you know, the Lord healed him. The Lord healed him. Yes, he did. He healed him. What a marvelous miracle and a marvelous God we serve. Amen. And amen. And amen. So, don't let your faith fail. Hang in there. Believe God. Trust God. Obey God. No matter what's coming our way. We're